0: I guess we could hope for uh, an, another fax machine jam. Yeah, right. And, and yeah, those fax machines are great. do not get the don't get the paperwork. Tony, did you watch the Senior Bowl? I taped it. I have not watched it yet. I, I DVR well, it. I won't ruin for you, but it was it was pretty good game. And yeah. uh, I, I just there is one player in there that said, from Eastern Kentucky that was at another school. They say that this this crop at the Senior Bowl, as far as defensive linemen and 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 pass rushers was pretty rich, so um, I'm you know it would be interesting next week to that you know after you have an opportunity to watch that we uh, talk about some of those players along the defensive line because uh, they they were there were some pretty good kids there and of course I'm rooting for uh, uh, Cyrus Jones I think he would look great in purple. Yeah, okay. well, I, I think you know if you look at the history of the draft. It seems like the guys that make an immediate impact are those that come from a similar system in college to the pros. In other words, Alabama. If, <laughs> if, well, what I mean is, is if Joey Bosa, and I've written about yeah. this too, if, if he happened to have a bad combine and he didn't run as fast as they expect him to, all of a sudden from being a projected, on some mock drafts, number one pick. He slides to the Ravens to number six, just like Terrell Suggs did back in 2003 when he ran a 4.840. He slid from one, projected one to ten. So if if Bosa were to come to the Ravens, he's coming from a four three system, to, and he's going to be coming into a three four system. So I think that there's more of an adjustment for a player like that, and maybe doesn't get off to as fast of a start as he might otherwise in the same system. Now talking about draft uh you you wrote an article uh, a shift in the Ravens war room and kind of contrasted and compared uh Billick's time with the Ravens to Harbaugh's time in the Ravens and how amount of pro bowlers that were drafted earlier versus later even though the final story hasn't been written can you kind of fill us in on that little bit on that article yeah what i was really getting after is the dynamic in the war room and, and I don't know what goes on there no one else does either it's it's. I wouldn't say purely speculative because it, it, it's based on my opinions are based somewhat on just conversations I've had with people within the Ravens organization and whatnot but for me it's it shifted a little bit back in the Billick years Billick and you could see from the body language of Billick during the the draft press conferences whether those be the Liars luncheon Or even afterwards, he just wasn't very involved because in the press conference, because he wasn't very as much involved, involved as many other coaches are in the draft process. He was more about coaching on the field and being a teacher. So, I think as a result of that, he had this way of placing a lot of emphasis and level of importance upon the coaches and coaching staff, and and I think that he, whether it was direct intentional or not. The direct result of that was that he didn't really respect the the, st- uh, the uh, scouts the way coaches should if you're part of if you're off playing for the same team. And as uh, at the time, I, I think that that sort of manifested itself in in an edginess between the coaching staff and the scouts, which wasn't a good thing. And and I think because of his disinterest in the draft, that Ozzy kind of controlled the war room at all times. If you think back to even Ozzie's first draft when Art Modell wanted Lawrence Phillips, yeah. you know, Ozzie said no. The best player in the draft is Jonathan Ogden, and he we're taking him if he's on the board. So they did, and it was the right move. Fast forward to Brian Billick's first year in the war room, and he's, he's got the second, his second-round pick in 1999. Ozzie decides to trade it for a first-round pick from Atlanta the following year. Despite Billick's objections to that, Ozzy did it. He still controlled the war room. And that, that pick, by the way, became Jamal Lewis the following year. Right. So pretty good trade by Ozzy. Now, so Ozzy gets a, a Super Bowl under his belt, and, and now he's got this growing and burgeoning reputation of being a, a draft guru. And I think that... The track record suggests that he did pretty well for a lot of years. But, you know, with Billick, when Billick left, Harbaugh came on board. I'm sure that Ozzie still controlled the draft room. But, and we've seen it with companies before that had nothing to do with sports. When the new guy comes into town who's ambitious, well-liked, eager to embrace more responsibility, and just has, you know, strong uh, ambition in terms of where he wants to go, he starts to be you know, to taste success and that is in John Harbaugh. So Harbaugh taste success in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, in the playoffs all those years, six years. He's he goes a three F C championship game and he, by the way, wins a Super Bowl too. Oz is getting a little longer than to a tooth. You know, everybody talks about him being on the back nine of his career, and you know, it's obvious that he doesn't have the energy that John Harbaugh does. It's and you wonder if he's as passionate and as ambitious. And I have to wonder if they, in that war room, if he's not a more convincing uh, debater for his way than Ozzy might be, particularly someone who's, again, on the back nine of their career, and maybe he's all of a sudden going to just say he's going to kowtow a little bit and, and just let Harbaugh have his way because he has been successful. And, you know, maybe I just got one or two more years. I'm not going to be here to see this guy's career come to an end anyway, so we'll let him have his way. And now I'm – I'm, I'm – I'm, speculating in this and i'm just basing that on human nature as one person's career is ascending and the other person's career is coming closer to a close so i, I think that maybe this regime now that war room has more coaching influence than it ever has before Dr. i think Tony- it's good if, if the coaches and the scouts work hand in hand But I also think that the decisions on talent should come from those guys who have been studying for nine months out of the year versus coaches who are cramming based upon need. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Trey Walker was a guy who I'm told was a guy that the coaching staff wanted. He didn't even play much this year. I know he's hurt a little bit, but he's a developmental project. Fourth-round pick. They had another need on the board, that being a returner, guy right down the street. Stephon Diggs was still there. He didn't need much development in the NFL. No, he sure didn't. <laughs> Even and, then, as a and then I look at John Simon a couple of years yeah. back in 2013. Here's a guy that I'm told the scouts were crazy about. Loved the fact he was still on the board with the fourth pick in the, their fourth round pick, doing high fives all over the war room. And you tell me one season later. He's not even a Raven? <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, my, my, my point of the whole article is that the paradigms have shifted a little bit, and and I think that even though Ozzy's a personnel guy and Eric is a personnel guy, I think the influence that Harbaugh has, and, and I think, I mean, I'm just basing this on observation of the team and how things, and how decisions seem to be moving these days, that – I think John argues his point stronger than the other guys and therefore gets his way more